Chiefs fans, this is the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. The Chiefs have won! The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57! If you want Chiefs, follow the leader. Sports Radio 810 WHB. In a lot of ways, that felt like a frustratingly familiar 2023 Kansas City Chiefs football game. In a lot of ways, it feels like maybe a new low, maybe a new high in frustrations, and certainly at least a few new wrinkles in the way the Kansas City Chiefs fall short in Lambeau. Packers 27, Chiefs 19, and we'll be with you for a late night tonight here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. I am Joshua Briscoe. Dylan Michaels on the other side of the glass, hitting the buttons and taking your calls. Covell Hudson producing the effort as well. A lot of things could have gone differently, and I imagine there will probably be a pretty wide range of things that you all want to talk about, either um, on the phone lines, 913-3810-810. We'll take some calls tonight and then more in the morning in the zone. Uh, and... On the, uh, the video feeds, you can watch the show live on the 810 Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter. Watch the show there. Interact in the comments there if you want to chat with other distressed, distraught Chiefs fans. I think the first half of this game was pretty simple. The first half is what felt kind of familiar while also being a new, gross flavor. The first half was weird, but pretty easy to, to handicap, to diagnose. In the first drive, or the first half of the game, the, the Chiefs had two offensive possessions, genuinely two. They uh, kneeled it out on what was technically a third possession. I'm going to ignore that the rest of the game because they were not making any attempt whatsoever to score. They took a knee. They had two real possessions. Both of them ended up in red zone field goals. That is familiar. It is frustrating. And it's the kind of thing that kills you, even getting the ball back to start the second half. It's just not going to get it done. So in a very fast-moving, very very. I guess, quick moving in terms of possessions and in terms of actual live time and slow moving in terms of how little the Chiefs offense got to be on the field. That first half is a story of what you did at the end of your drives. The Chiefs offense had two drives, got to the red zone twice, kicked two field goals, self-inflicted wounds and whatnot. And the defense allowed two touchdowns and forced one punt. Now that's an outlier. This is the new worst watermark for the Chiefs' defense, which is frustrating. I'm going to have to change all of my stats to say I'm not going to pick the Chiefs to give up more than 24 points. Now I won't pick the Chiefs to give up more than 27 points, etc., etc. But it was also a game where it felt to me like maybe this is one where you can't say, hey, the defense won you the football game and the offense lost it. Not quite that simple here. And that would be fair, I think. But this is another game where the defense gave you a shot. They lose Drew Tranquil right at the jump. 
first defensive drive, they lose their their second Mike linebacker, and Jack Cochran doesn't stink. He wasn't bad, but you lose a a real staple of your defense. Later, you lose Brian Cook and what seems like a serious long-term injury, and that's unfortunate. We'll, of course, let you know what Andy Reid says when he's asked about that. I don't know how much info he'll have post-game, but we'll hear from all the audio we can get from Lambeau. And the defense gave you the the worst of their efforts this year, perhaps. But once again, I don't know how you don't start with the offense. If it's off a tick, some execution issues, penalties, turnovers, all the things that Andy Reid says after every loss, I imagine we'll hear many more of those again today. But the first half that, again, left me feeling like I had seen a lot of that before. We don't usually go chronological in games because what happens last is usually the thing we talk about the most because it was the thing that was most recent. And we'll get to some of the fourth quarter stuff. I will talk about referees on some level because I just am pretty well bored of it. But if on the first offensive drive of the game... Mahomes doesn't get sacked on first and goal. You're not behind the sticks. You're not out of your timing. And you're talking about a tie game instead of a game that you make 7-3. to Get sacked on third and goal. Also, Mitchell Schwartz tweeted that back in the, the first drive there that that first sack was not on Wanya Morris, who ended up playing the second half. Pressure from the right side forces Mahomes out of the pocket. Van Ness gets the sack. Second offensive drive. It's the holding call on Creed Humphrey on second and six. Got very close to the first down. Mahomes had the scramble, took a hit, got there. The hold on Mitch on uh, on Creed Humphrey again, just citing Mitch Schwartz from Chiefs offensive lineman judging things. Mitch Schwartz called it an abysmal call. It was right there by the running lane where Mahomes escaped through. So I understand why that gets called, but I'll defer to Schwartz there. You settle for another field goal. Kind of a coverage sack on third and nine there, but really falls apart on the penalty. The score touchdown to Noah Gray. Then on the fifth offensive drive, MVS did the thing again. And it's really unfortunate. It brings me no joy whatsoever, no pleasure to, to, to frame it this way. But when I, says, when, I, when I say MVS did the thing again, you know I'm not talking about a 60-yard touchdown. You know I'm not talking about a stick-moving first down. You know I'm not talking about an explosive play where he makes you believe in the hype again. MVS did the thing where Patrick Mahomes threw a football down a straight line and MVS, for whatever reason, floated it toward the safety. As a general axiom, just watching the Chiefs play offensive football, knowing how Travis Kelsey operates, just assume that when Chiefs receivers have the option, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes would like for the players to run away from defenders, not towards them. So, MVS does the thing again on that fifth drive. The sixth drive, they blew it. I think it's probably a mixed bag. 
It was not a good throw or a great decision from Mahomes. But Sky Moore slowed down the track of football. And the defensive back beat him to the spot. Oh, they're showing the replay again right now. Nixon runs the route better than Sky Moore did, which is a fine reason for Mahomes not to throw the football. Again, I, I think my final ruling on that pick is going to be to spread the blame because everyone can earn a little bit of it there. But it's another mistake. It's another instance of whatever you want to say, Mahomes and his receiver not being quite on the same page. It's either Mahomes pressing or it's Sky Moore not earning any trust. However you want to parse it and however you want to make it palatable and however Andy Reid will mention it in postgame, it's still going to have the same underlying truth, which is that the thing happened again. The non-call on what would have been, well, excuse me, on what was pass interference against Marquez Valdez Scantling there at the end of the game. You guys can talk about it. We we will. Ta- I will talk about it today. We'll talk about it tomorrow. I'm sure. The missed uh, hands of the face call that should have been awarded to Mike Dana. That then still ends in an absolute, as I think they said on the broadcast, a cornhole shot from Justin from uh, from uh, Jordan Love. The safety is getting picked on early in the game. There are a lot of places you can go on the field. You want to talk about the refs for a second. I don't really have the energy for it. Not because the refs don't deserve plenty of criticism. They do. Constantly. And I'm still not sure if it's actually getting worse or if we just have better slow-mo and better cameras and clearer replays and all of that, and you shouldn't have needed any of those things to know it was absolutely defensive pass interference, tackling MVS in a, in a play that would have given the Chiefs a chance to send this thing to overtime. That was a missed call. Hands of the face on Mike Dana was a missed call. But I think that calling roughing after the play on the hit against Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. The NFL's called it that way more often than not. It's somewhat consistent, but it's very funny for the referee to get on the mic and say, first words, after the play, when Patrick Mahomes still had two feet inbounds, you know, after the play was over, it's not like sledding into second base in Major League Baseball now, where you can be standing around the bag so you don't get your ankles broken by somebody sliding into second. You can be by the bag, and they're going to give you like the, the the extra little padding around that. If you want to do that for the sidelines, you can, but that's not how the rules are written right now. Referees in the NFL are having a terrible season. They've been doing a pretty crummy job for as long as we've been able to watch the games in high definition. I have said for years now, years that if the NFL wanted to seriously impact the integrity of the game in a positive way and change the worst part, try to fix the worst part of their sport, when it feels like guys who are not actually playing the game change the outcome, they could do it with a with a referee in the booth and a set of freaking AirPods. You are that close to speeding things up and making this whole process better. Give me a sky judge with the ability to buzz down to the refs and say, hey, quick, you missed it. Drop the flag and say it's past interference. Let's get this thing moving. 
You could you could eliminate some of the lengthy reviews. We know at home what happened more precisely and more quickly than the referees on the field know because we're getting the replays from the booth, the slow-mo HD cameras. There are ways the NFL could expedite that and make it better. And they're not going to, apparently. Because wireless earbuds have existed for a little while now. I don't know if the NFL is ever going to fix it. I don't know if they care. If you want to help me, you know, take up the mantle of tell the NFL to invest in a cell phone that gets from the booth to a referee's ear, go ahead and speed this up. That'd be great. I'd, I'd love to see them go that direction. But they don't hate your team. They don't hate the other team. They're just not very good. You're asking human beings on the ground level to do to, to cover a lot of moving parts, and they're going to miss stuff constantly. None of that is an excuse. And none of that is me saying that we should lessen the impact of what happened with the MVS miss, with so many elements of refs getting in the way of a great sport. None of that is me making excuses. I'm just saying that because they are consistently frustrating, consistently subpar, consistently detracting from the sport. It's just a thing that happens. I'm not even accepting it. It's j- I just acknowledge it's a thing that happens constantly, and I don't have any... I would much rather talk about how the Chiefs have let themselves down than how the refs have, generally over the course of a year, this many plays that hurt your team, this many plays that help your team. It kind of comes out of the wash. It was absolutely defensive pass interference. The Chiefs should have had the ball inside the five-yard line with a chance to score a touchdown and still would need the two-point conversion, which they filled out earlier because they went back into some of their worst running tendencies on that rep. We can come back to that, too. But I cannot let that be the story of this game because the story of this game is that all of the same boogeymen that have been around the Chiefs' losses or their close wins all year, they showed up again. The difference this time is that the defense didn't completely bail them out. They did enough to give the Chiefs a chance to win. The Chiefs had the ball at the end. They were in the red zone. They had plenty of opportunities. And they got in their own way again. The Chiefs might be the best team in the AFC, and they're 500 in the NFC North. Make that make sense. It's really it's really bananas. But also, if that isn't the Chiefs' season. The best portions of this game for the Chiefs, they look like the best team in football. The worst portions in this game, they look like they'd never win again. In reality, this is the team. All of the horizontal stuff that worked really well against the Raiders, it worked pretty frequently again today. And then after that, what happened? It's a frustrating spot to be in, but it shouldn't be a surprising one. Dylan, let, uh, let's do a little uh, ESP communication here. If we sneak in a quick timeout now, I think we can come back, take a bunch of calls. But I want to make sure we, unlike the Chiefs, I like to get ahead of the sticks as opposed to behind the sticks early on. It's a late night show. We're going to be here for quite a while. If you're on the phone lines now, we'll take your calls when you can. We'll also bring you Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes from Lambeau, plus whoever the Chiefs bring to the podium. We'll talk to Matt Derrick as the show goes on as well. The Chiefs fall to the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau, 27-19. and We will talk about many, many, many aspects of this game as the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show rolls on. (laughs) 
Love is in the gun, but Taylor to his left. Blake locked down to five. Now at four. Love leads forward again. Motions out to his right. Takes the shotgun snap. Back to pass. Looking. Steps up in the pocket. Love ducks under one pressure and then is sacked. First sack of the night for Kansas City. They got him back at the 22-yard line. Mike Dana gets home for a loss of four. And that'll bring out Carlson in the field goal team. There weren't as many great defensive plays as usual, but that certainly was a good one. Defensive play of the game right there is brought to you by brought to you by Slegel Fence. Slegel Fence, as Kansas City's preferred fence company, has been serving the KC metro areas for over a decade, offering security and style. Call 816-863-6159 or go to slegelfence.com for your free estimate. We'll take you to Green Bay in a little bit. We will either hear from uh, a player in just a moment or we will begin taking your calls. Everybody online right now, uh, we've got a couple of mics and a whole uh, cast of characters. So we'll get there in a second, but don't want to stop over uh, over the phones if it looks like we're going to see or hear from someone from Green Bay. Uh, Already got uh, some injury updates uh, from Andy Reid here and there. We'll hear from Reid entirely later on, but... um, we will uh, we'll look around and see where that ends up. So we'll either take your calls or get out to uh, to Lambeau to hear from whoever ends up at the podium for the Chiefs shortly. It's like a pretty quick trip for uh, for Andy Reid. Uh, I was going to see where his injury update was, but I, I don't know. It seems like obviously not great for Brian Cook. We won't have all of that fully locked in until later and... Uh, all of a sudden, the Packers are in the playoff mix, and the Chiefs are going to need some help to get the one seed in the AFC. It's a wild way for this season to take a turn, uh, but also I just don't think it can be truly shocking when what went wrong today is pretty well in lockstep with what has gone wrong for the Chiefs this year. An offense that couldn't get it done in the red zone, an unfortunate time for the defense to have a bad day. Even then, it's a bad day where they gave up a touchdown in the first three quarters and two field goals in the fourth. It's not its not exactly the devastating box score you expect. You know, 27 points kind of feels like a lot, especially with how good the Chiefs' defense has been this year. And it's, oh, it's just seven every quarter and sixth in the last one. And that costs you. In prime time at Lambeau. I uh, I didn't do post game last week. I was uh, with with my family for Thanksgiving in Florida, and so we, I came back and uh, we did the Dylan and I did the zone on uh, Thursday and Friday because Jason was out, and I kind of had a chance to simmer on my Raiders take what it would have been I think at the time and what it ended up being ultimately. I would say there's a lot of good stuff here from the offense, like the horizontal things working is a positive. But it didn't feel like the Chiefs offense was fixed. It it felt like they realized that Rasheed Rice is a very important part of the offense who is worth getting some created touches for. But I was asking coming into this game, okay, so you've you've seen that the Pacheco-Kelsey-Rice offense works. Can someone else step up in a big moment? Nobody did today. You got a Skymore chain mover early on and then a whole bunch of 
Very familiar messes. So we'll hear from Reed Mahomes later on. Plus, if anybody else comes up to the podium, we'll go to them live from Green Bay as well. But we go to the phones now, and we open things up with Kyle. Kyle, thanks for calling in, sir. How you feeling? Hey, Josh. Thank you for taking my call. And I hope you had a wonderful and happy Thanksgiving with your wife and I, with your new bride. And I hope everything was – I hope you just had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I did. Thank you, uh, Kyle. Um, I got three points I got to make here real quick, uh, Josh. First point is I can't blame too much on the refs. They made some bad calls, yes. But when you're – but Shannon Sharp says this. When – and when you're in the red zone, touchdowns wins game. Touchdowns wins championship. Field goals loses games. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs had the ball in the red zone twice when they drove down the field and they scored a field goal twice. You can't. To me, you just can't do that. You had an opportunity. You had the opportunities to take the lead and you just couldn't do it. So that's my first point I want to make. Second point is. Drawn out is Taylor. I can't. He missed block. And that, when we were in the goal line, I, I think he missed a block that caused Mahomes to go down. Yeah. That you and then he had a costly penalty in the goal line. And I don't know if it was ticky tack, whatever, but it was still a penalty on him. So he has cost us now. He's cost us some touchdowns. At the, at the point is when is enough is enough. I, I I understand we're paying this guy, but Taylor has had plenty of chances to get it fixed, and he has not fixed it. There needs to be some changes, and I think the changes need to come now before we go into this postseason. That's my second point. Third point on the interception Mahomes threw to Sky Moore. Sky Moore should have just kept running. Yeah. All he had to do was just keep running and reach out his arms, and the ball's right there. You don't stop on that route. You just don't stop, Josh. And I'm sorry, I'm I'm kind of mad yeah. about but about everything. So I apologize for taking too long. But those are my three points, Josh. I'll listen off the air. But thank you for taking my call. Kyle, I appreciate you as always, my friend. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, I mean touchdowns over field goals. 100% deeply frustrating. Juwan Taylor, I'm inclined to say you're right that it was not a great game. They're not going to make a move there because it's him or Lucas Niang. Lanya Morris ended up playing most of the game at left tackle as it is, so I just, I, I think it's going to be with Juwan Taylor. I think it's frustrating. I think it's fine for it to be Juwan Taylor because he's a fine right tackle, but they're paying him for way more than that, and so it only compounds the frustration. And then, yeah, the Sky Moore interception, really frustrating because don't don't make Patrick Mahomes guess where you're going to be on a route. I don't think it was a great throw. I don't think it was a great uh, decision by Mahomes there. It's also a mistake you cannot make as a member of this already beleaguered wide receiving crew. Next up, we go to Gary. Gary, you're on 810. How you doing, sir? Well, let's just say that uh, I'm glad I was on hold for a little bit so I was able to clean up my language. <laughs> I appreciate it. A few things. First off, how can a team from the head coach on down, just do the same stupid things week after week. Yes, there's many weeks they're able to overcome it, but it's just it's just weekly this team. How can a team be this stupid from the head coach on down? Defensively, Steve Spagnolo, you do not have Derek Thomas and Neil Smith coming off the edge. It's okay to come up and press the receivers because that soft little zone you used tonight, it didn't work and the only reason they gave up 27 points was because the Packers' drives were so methodical. Yeah. 
that they, they didn't have to worry about making a big play. It was just dink here, dink here, need a first down, there it is. I mean, the, the TCBs, they were just sitting back playing that nice top zone. George Karloftis and Chris Jones, they were, they were enjoying themselves. You know, they got to see Green Bay. They could have cared less. The linebackers, they were, they were, Matt LaFleur, he pantsed Spagnolo tonight. He did. He used the horizontal game. He used the reverses. He got his tight ends involved early. He did everything. And offensively, if I'm Mahomes with Sky Moore, I, you got to put some zip on that ball so that ball can't be caught. I mean, you can't just mm-hmm. lob it up there. Mm-hmm. If these guys can't catch it, it's time to find guys to do. But one question I want you to ask Andy Reid, why is it that Jordan Love is developing a rapport with his most of his receivers who are in their first and second year, and they're making progress? We have the MVP who's making zero progress with this group that he has. Something's wrong somewhere. I don't know what it is, but when I watch Jordan Love, who is in his first year as a starter, doing what he's doing at this point in the season, they're improving, and there's nothing coming on our end with our quarterback and our young group of receivers. Something's wrong somewhere. Somebody needs to ask Andy about that because it's embarrassing week after week watching an offense that's just incapable of doing And another thing for Andy, take that stupid shovel pass at the goal line out of the playbook. It's... It, you're not you're not fooling anybody anymore with it. It's a stupid play, and I hope it gets picked off and returned. And if they lost next week, they, uh, if they lost next week, I would not be shocked because you're going to have a PO Buffalo team coming to town. And I don't know this. I think there's the defense has been vulnerable to the run all year, and Buffalo can run the football. And you can say what you want, but the the biggest weakness on that team is in the interior of that defense because they're soft against the run. I don't care how great of a pass rusher Chris Jones is. He's not a run stuffer, and you're going to need that when it starts getting cold. And if this team does get into the playoffs, if they play more than one game, I'll be shocked. I'll hang up and listen. But talk about the rapport that Love has with his receivers, and our MVP does not. I'll hang up and listen. Great show. Hey, Gary, I appreciate you. Um, I, I will pick up on that one because I don't think Chris Jones is in any way, shape, or form the problem with this defense. I do think there are plenty of problems, uh, one of which being that. I think it is completely fair to say, hey, other teams have figured out how to get receivers in the fold more quickly than the Chiefs have. What exactly is the problem here? Um, even Rasheed Rice, the guy who's like, oh, well, he clearly does deserve a spot in this offense. Like He is the most dynamic receiver this team has. He's had a couple had a couple plays last week where he ran real routes and Mahomes delivered the football to him. But most of his targets, I, I don't have all of the numbers in front of me, but I, I, most of his targets are at or behind or a yard in front of the line of scrimmage. I mean, it is horizontal and then yak it up, which use guys in ways that work for them. That I, I'm not saying that they're using Rasheed Rice poorly. I'm saying they're not using him enough. And then what is exactly the value of Sky Moore in year two if the rapport has not shown up in two years of that duo? If there is no, absolutely no chemistry to be found between Mahomes and MVS in year two of that relationship for a veteran at that point, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if it's about what the Chiefs are asking their receivers to do or if it's about Mahomes. I'm inclined to believe that's not the the biggest culprit because we've seen Mahomes make uh, really good football players out of... um, Okay football players, I suppose, to put it kindly. Well, hey, Demarcus Robinson had a touchdown today. How weird was that? Uh, I think he had a couple plays, weirdly. Or maybe he had a penalty, whatever it was. I heard Demarcus Robinson's name multiple times today. It was weird. 
But I don't I don't know how to even like reasonably explain what's going on with the quarterback and wide receiver group because the Chiefs have been asked about it every week. We talk about it every week. We predicted it before the season. We talked about it before last season. We all saw it coming. That's another reason that it is frustrating. It is no mystery anywhere across the board here. Still waiting to hear from somebody else live from Lambeau, which you'll hear with us right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. Joshua Briscoe and Dylan Michaels with you here. Covell Hudson producing the postgame show as well. I'm going to keep taking calls, and if i got to put you back on hold to bring a presser, I apologize in advance. But that warning goes to the first Mike up first, uh, just labeled as Mike. Sorry to Mike 2. Mike 2, hold on. But Mike 1, you're on. What's up, Mike? Hey, not much. Um, first off, the defense did quite did quite a good enough job. Their biggest issue is that they aren't getting any rest in between in between their uh, stints on the field, if you want, mm-hmm. um, because you can't expect them to be out there for 35 plays in one half, yeah. and only you know time of possession is not going in your favor at all. I mean that, and then turn around and come back out the second half and do the same thing. It just you're just wearing them out. And any any offense that's running the ball like that, which we were doing against them as well, but they were going in a lot more plays per uh, scoring drive than we were. Um, and then as far as the red zone area. Why in the world do the Chiefs not do what brought them into the red zone and run the ball in between the tackles? We try and stretch it out and run out around the end over and over and over again when all the way down the field we run five, seven yards every time running right between the tackles, right over the guard or right in between the garden center and Every time we're getting five to seven yards, but we want to get down to the red zone and then go outside, which we're one, we had a tackle that was out that we kept running to his side. It just didn't make any sense. And then on the two point conversion, we send, we send, you know, Pacheco out there by himself with no lead blockers. It doesn't make any sense. And then the, and I, I hate to be the spoiler about the rest, but we had the second drive that Green Bay had when they went to score, the receiver pushed um, so 21 away from him in order to turn around and catch the ball. Yeah. You got several times where you've got guys hanging on our receivers when they're trying to catch the ball and it just it's uh just seems like it never seems to end where the officials can't call pass interference or they're afraid to call it or i don't know what the deal is but you got officials that are literally three yards away from the play and they're not calling it It just doesn't make any sense yeah Mike, and, I I appreciate the call. Appreciate you uh, listening tonight, and uh, hope that the uh, the rest of your evening gets better from there. Because uh, I have a very hard time disagreeing with sort of the general uh, refs bad and bizarre and inconsistent. Are they 
Are we going to hear from anybody else in Green Bay? I've got the video stream up here. It looks like there are people leaving. We'll, we'll find out. Sorry, sorry, Mike. I thought we were about to get a little action there. Um, I'll say again, I, I'm with you on the defense was generally good enough, uh, but they were out there for, for long stretches. It's kind of wild. I had to check this while you were talking, Mike, but um, the, the Packers ran 63 plays to the Chiefs' 61 plays. Time of possession, the, the Packers had the ball for 30 minutes and 32 seconds. The Chiefs had it for 29 minutes and 28 seconds. Um, I knew time of possession was close. I, th- I figured the Packers did run way more plays than the Chiefs did, but I think the, the, the crux of that is, especially in that first half, the defense was out there a ton. I don't have the first half, second half splits on that in front of me, but they were out there an, an absolute ridiculous chunk of that first half. I mean, I, could, I guess I could tell you pretty quickly just by the way the uh, Packers' first two drives went. First drive was seven and a half minutes. The Chiefs had then a seven and a half minute drive, and the Packers went out there again for 420. The Chiefs went back out there for 820. Bizarre, bizarre first half of football. No no uh, disagreement there. And then also you say, you know, it's like hard to figure out how the referees have been so poor and so inconsistent at calling things like DPI. I have an answer. It's just not a fun or satisfying one because you can't really fix it. Uh, they're human beings making subjective calls, and they're not very good at being consistent. That is, again, not an excuse. I'm not telling you to like just deal with it, to suck it up. I don't believe that. It's really frustrating, and I wish the NFL cared about it as much as, as, much as the people watching the games care about it. Because at this point, the NFL has decided this is the cost of doing business. There will just be massive inconsistencies as opposed to making any sweeping changes to how they referee things, which I think is a move they should have made proactively. They could have made it reactively another couple of years ago. Evolve your refereeing with the technology. That makes sense to me. The NFL has still not gone that way. There is some sort of hovering around the podium, so I I do think we'll bring you something live from Green Bay, but right now we don't have it yet. So we'll uh, hop over back to the phones, and uh, let's get the other mic. Hey, Mike 2, sorry to be the second mic in the order today. What's on your mind? That's okay. Hey, I'm going to be real quick here. Three three or four points. Number one, just get ready to get on the road for the playoffs. We'll see what 15 can do. I'll take my chances. I'm going to talk a little bit about the refs, but on a little bit different terms. Number one, like you said, Pat was inbound. How about this? How about if we don't have an undisciplined second-year running back. We've got the ball on the 35-yard line instead of the 50 with 50 seconds just to go, which means we don't have to throw the ball down the field to to MVS. Thus, that call wouldn't be made. And on that, I sat around all day, watched the red zone, and I'm going to tell you right now, back to your point about referees being subjective. They watched Sunday night football last week, or Monday night, excuse me. They watch MBS drop, MBS drop that ball. I, I, you cannot tell me if that, that MBS's name on the back of his shirt was, uh, you know, A.J. Brown or mm-hmm. whoever else, he wouldn't have got that call. It's a subjective call, and as a wide receiver, if you were known, these guys are human, if you were known to not make plays, especially with all the national games the Chiefs have, they're not going to give you that call. Hell, uh, Rasheed Rice got a call earlier in the game that wasn't even as egregious as that, but guess what? Rasheed Rice has been balling out. Enough about the referee talk, but but that because that's that's loser talk. Back, uh, like I said, if we don't have an undisciplined running back, we're on the 35 with 50 seconds left to go, and we don't have to throw that pass. I'm going to piggyback off what Gary said, and this may be unpopular. This is two weeks in a. Oh, okay, sorry, hey Mike, hold on, we'll put you on hold. Chris Jones live at the podium. Uh, a lot of things, um, a lot of missed tackles. <sighs> Fundamentals wasn't there today, but uh. Guys out of gaps, I think that was cost us the game. Defense, um, 
can't give up 27 points on the road in a hostile environment like this. It's tough. It's going to be tough to win games like this. So um, we're going to make a few adjustments, watch film, see what we can get better at. We'll be better next week. Ryan been playing so well for us. He's been a dominant force on the back end um, <clears throat> for him to go down. You know, I'm keeping him in my prayers. Hopefully, he make a quick recovery. I don't know the the, the situation of it. I just seen he was in excruciating pain uh, on the on the floor. I said a quick prayer for him. Still got him in my prayers, and hopefully, he make a quick recovery to get back on the field with us. <clears throat> well, when you can run the ball. Uh, as efficient as they was running the ball, then you can also pass the ball as efficient. So you you can open up the playbook. You know what I mean. So as for us, um, gotta be gotta at least stop the run or stop the pass. When you when you're able to open up the playbook and be comfortable about it, I think it can put us in the right. How about this team just stay in mind right now? Oh, we. We understand the hostile environment. We understand everything we want still ahead of us. Um, you, I go by the five-minute rule. You got five minutes to complain. You got five minutes to get it all out. And um, we got an important game coming next week to Arrowhead. So watch film, see what we can get better at, and let's attack this week in practice. Yeah, and, um, it was very fortunate to have Jack. He's been in his system for a while understands the basis of this defense and for him to come in and play uh, a heck of a game for us and a lot of minutes. <clears throat> we asked a lot of him, for, especially when Drew went down. So I think he did pretty well for the situation that he was brought in. Okay, thanks, Chris. All right, there's uh, Chris Jones, short but sweet, live from Lambeau here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Um, let's get back to the second half here from Mike. Uh, Mike, appreciate you waiting there as uh, Chris Jones got up to the podium. We'll come back to you uh, as that is our locker room report here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. The Chiefs locker room report is brought to you by Twin Peaks. No one does football like Twin Peaks. Whatever your preference, they have everything from tequila cocktails and an extensive bourbon category to top-shelf spirits and cocktails served over ice balls. Local craft beers and handcrafted whiskey cocktails round out an adventurous drink menu, second to none. And don't forget about their 29-degree man-sized drafts at Twin Peaks. All right, Mike, appreciate you waiting there as uh, Chris Jones so rudely interrupted your call. Anything else you wanted to get off your chest there, Mike? Yeah, spoiler alert, and I'm going to piggyback off what Gary said. This is two weeks in a row we've had a young quarterback, and we've given them easy throws. Nothing, and it, you know we're a man team. It wasn't a coincidence that this zone scheme that we ran tonight, we were a little bit lost. We were giving Jordan Love easy, quick, decisive throws. I understand what Chris said. We were missing a lot of tackles earlier this year. As a man team, we're allowed to put more men in the box playing man defense. To me, that. Getting behind fourteen and nothing again. Once again, two young quarterbacks not making them throw the ball and tightening those. Hell, I, to be honest with you, outside of Jordan Love throwing dimes, he threw four or five passes that were so bad they were, we couldn't even intercept them. They were so bad. Yep. I don't understand the game plan earlier in the game before maybe after the injuries. I understand playing a little bit zone, but this is two weeks in a row we've given a young quarterback decisive reads within their play calling because we're not in man-to-man defense. And um, I'll listen up there. Thanks, guys. Hey, Mike, I appreciate it. I think that's good stuff, and it is frustrating. Cause I, I, 
I was feeling pretty confident early in that game. Uh, oh, God, I just remember my DraftKings account will reflect my confidence. That the Packers scoring was not going to continue at the pace that ultimately it scored to. That last field goal was the one. I think I, I, think I got it at 24.5 for the Packers under, and I felt pretty good about it, and it was going fine. Uh, but some Sort of like last week, where look, last week Aiden O'Connell was dealing well with the pressure that was coming his way, and then it completely locked down in the second half. You didn't hear from Devontae Adams again. That's not what happened today. Well, again, it, it wasn't the same excruciating sort of uh, can't stop a nosebleed of that first half, but that doesn't make you feel a whole lot better right now because it was too much for this offense to overcome, which is, in and of itself, the worst part of all of this, is that it, it feels like the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, it feels like they have an offense that has a restrictor plate on like 24 points. And, and they obviously didn't even actually get to the 20s today, which is a tough pill to swallow. Uh, last uh, call here before we take a break. Maybe get a couple last few in. But John's been waiting on hold for a while. John, appreciate you waiting on hold, my friend. What's going on? Hey, brother. Uh, well, good to talk with you. Uh, frustrating game, certainly. Um, I am not going to talk about the tangibles. Uh, you guys are going to talk about those for the next several hours, and I'm going to love it. Uh, in terms of every, you know dissecting every play, what I wanted to talk about was the intangibles, and I, certainly I want to preface this by saying, uh, you and I both and everybody listening can agree Patrick is not the problem. Okay, can we agree to that? Yes, we're on the same page. Okay. Yes. With that being said, here's my only question: um, Do you notice that the way he looks? The way he acts, his body language on the sidelines, his lack of, and, and I'm a season ticket holder at the 50-yard line. I watch every day like everybody does. Patrick, and I love him. He, we are lucky to have this man. So in no way, shape, or form am I saying he's the problem. Yet, do you remember his first one to three years when we were down? For, like, we want to think everything was perfect back then, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. We were down 14 points. We were down 21 points. We were down all of this. We we had crappy, you know, misses. Not, not you know, everything now is fresh to us. But yeah. remember back then and remember that man walking up and down that sideline and just saying, guys, I got you. I got you. Do your job, but I got you. We're going to go win this. There is a different feeling. There is a different look. There is a literally, I mean, if you tangibly, again, if you watch that, that broadcast and you watch him, he looks more like, and, and again, I hate to even say this because it's very, um, almost sounds aggressive, and I love this man, but yet he looks like the <clears throat> the frustrated, older Brady, uh, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers quarterback when his players aren't doing those things. Well, they also failed early, but the man walked up and down that sideline. I don't see it in person. Of course, we're only seeing on the broadcast what we see, but you see the frustrated. You don't see him getting up and and doing the rah-rah. I wanted your opinion, Josh. Um, And I also wanted to also respect the, the fact that everybody may have a different opinion, but... That is just kind of what I see. Um, it's not his problem. People need to catch the dang ball. Yeah, right. <laughs> paid millions of dollars to do that, so let's do that. But what is your opinion on the energy that the man is bringing versus what he used to bring? 
John, I think it's a, a really good call, a really good question. I think you've you've properly couched it, and so I'll unpack it. Thank you for the call. Um, because, again, the precursor of all of that is good, if not, like, necessary, just to make sure that everyone knows the quarterback you're talking about and what he has put out there. I think I said this on air somewhere recently, so this isn't, like, a total brand-new revelation. But... Huh, it's 41. I I know uh, some of our, our friends at KSHB are up there. There's, like, straight-up locker room footage there of them asking questions to MVS while he's taking his socks off. I haven't – I don't think I've seen that in a while. We'll, we'll see if we can get any of that audio, and we'll hear from Reed and Mahomes in a second. So, anyway, sorry. Back to your question, John. I think I said this on air at some point in the last few weeks, just sort of a question that I'm asking also. And I, I don't know if it'll ever – make its way publicly unless the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year. But, you know, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl in 19, and Mahomes got up on the podium, just sloshed, and was talking about how his kneecap was on the side of his leg. Like, that is a pretty galvanized moment in my brain because it's sort of that admission of like, oh man, there was a time when this was really not supposed to happen this way, and that was motivating. It was look what we've we've succeeded through, what we look what we've come from, and, and there's always stuff like that where teams are always going to have like rallying points. But I think the thing I said some somewhere in the last couple of weeks is it wouldn't surprise me at all if at some point, maybe this off season, way more likely in an interview in five or ten years, Patrick Mahomes will say something along the lines of, yeah. That 2023 season really was the most frustrating year of my career. And and John makes the right points, and again, the right sort of prefacing. We don't know, but I do think that's what it looks like. Saying he looks kind of like the frustrated older Brady and Rodgers, I think is fair. And I think the reason that Brady and Rodgers have had that look late in their careers is because they know they're right more often than not, and they know what it looks like when they have the right guys around them and when everybody's on the same page. And Mahomes is way younger. He's at a way earlier place in his career than that sort of vintage grumpy Brady and grumpy Aaron Rodgers. But Mahomes has accomplished so much so quickly in his career that he he has been to the mountaintop. And he has done it with two incredible number one weapons on offense, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. And he's done it with a different type of crew, Travis Kelsey and. And then, you know, of course it was Juju and a better version of MVS than we've seen this year and all of that. But right now, here's I'll ask a different question that's maybe more frustrating. Or maybe I'm gonna make this an even even more frustrating statement. I'm gonna I'm gonna scratch the question mark from the record. If you watch a Chiefs football game, if you're introducing a new person to American football and they watched Packers Chiefs tonight. Would they know which team had the greatest quarterback currently living and which team had a quarterback that they were trying to judge through this season to see if he's going to be the long-term option or not? 
And that's not about Jordan Love outplaying Patrick Mahomes or any of that nonsense. That kills me. And I am immediately correlating it to your question about Mahomes looking frustrated, different, whatever, on the sidelines. That kills me. Because Patrick Mahomes doesn't look like a mere mortal, even when things are going poorly. You still get some of those, like, grasp your pearls and faint a little bit types of throws that at least happen often enough for you to remember, like, oh, man, if they can just get things rolling again. When the Chiefs' defense is why they lose games, you can at least say, well, at least their high-ceiling offense is still that unit. And so, yeah, as a very long answer to a pretty quick question, I I do get the feeling that Mahomes is frustrated because he has been to the mountaintop. He knows what it takes and what it looks like and what it feels like. And this team right now is not going there with him. And I think he's also having to confront the fact that he can't just Superman it. We saw that happen in one game on the biggest stage in the 2020 Super Bowl against the Bucks in Tampa. Against an old grumpy Brady. He was still playing out of his mind and had a busted toe and all of that. And it wasn't enough because he couldn't do it by himself. And he's not fully at that territory here. But like Travis Kelsey's in a similar boat. I don't know what this offense looks like when other teams say, hey, we're going to beat up Travis Kelsey. We're going to make you, you let you throw your one-yard passes to Rasheed Rice. He'll get some yak, and then we'll just sort of sort it out. I don't know what the Chiefs' counterpunch to that is, and, and I think it was overreacting to ever think that the Chiefs had solved that last week. We'll take one more call, then we'll take a break, come back, hear from Andy Reid. We'll begin to hear from Patrick Mahomes, talk to Matt Derrick and all that coming up soon as well. But J.J.'s been on hold. J.J., close us out for now here in the calls. What's on your mind? Uh, just a tough loss tonight. Uh, I just want to point out a few things. Uh, well, one, in the off season, uh they need to go after a wide receiver or in the draft next year. And uh, uh, we just, I mean, we just... It's embarrassing. I mean, we can't catch a ball. We can't help my home sale. Uh, and I'm just mind blown on how that pass interference call wasn't called uh, on Fado Scanty. I mean, 99.9% of the time, that's a flag. And I'm yep. just just a just a tough pill to swallow. And uh, hopefully uh, we can bounce back against the Bills and uh, – try to get the one seed and have that five from uh, the home field advantage. Uh, appreciate it, and uh, just an off-air. Thank you. JJ, I appreciate you as always, my friend. Appreciate the call, and uh, yeah, tough loss, and yet another week, to your point, of looking around and going, man, I wish the Chiefs had a receiver who could just make things a little easier on offense. But again, they, they moved the ball offensively in the first half. They just didn't have the ball very often. And when they got to the red zone, they settled for field goals. A lot to continue breaking down here, not just how the Chiefs broke down, but also where they go from here. And uh, it's going to be an interesting back end of the season where the Chiefs are still in the mix for the one seed in the AFC, but they're going to need a little bit of help now. Baltimore's schedule is way tougher from here than the Chiefs' schedule is, but 
This was a game they were supposed to win, even on the road in Lambeau. Not the way it was supposed to go. Green Bay 27, Kansas City 19. We'll talk about it more next in the Sports Radio 810 WHV postgame show. But there was the pull in the arm, so that's either side of the coin. It works out for the Packers or the Chiefs. But Mahomes throws a pick to Keyshawn Nixon on the next play. They got the flag, and then Mahomes put it up, and Nixon comes up with his second interception. Trying to get it to Sky Moore. Nixon ran the route better, and the Packers come up with the game's first turnover. We'll figure out exactly how to characterize that interception, but it was Patrick Mahomes targeting Sky Moore, and it was ugly. So that's our ugly play of the game brought to you by We Buy Ugly Houses. Owning a house can be a problem, an ugly problem. Repairs, taxes, mowing the yard, let We Buy Ugly Houses be the solution. Call 1-800-44-BUYER or go to webuyuglyhouses.com. A couple of tweets from uh, one of our dear friends, in the zone from our friends over at uh, KC Sports Network. Matt Lane tweeted about that in a couple of tweets that I just, I, I genuinely, I tweeted at the time, like it felt like Sky slowed down on that route and that I trust where Mahomes put the ball more than I trust the receiver to actually get into the right spot. Um, but I also said, hey, I, I'm actually open to somebody saying, nah, it's just a bad Mahomes throw. And I think it's probably both. But Matt Lane tweeted out a little bit ago, I, I can't believe people are seriously arguing a stutter and stopped running on an RPO fade in which the ball comes out when the right receiver is two yards off the line of scrimmage. Look when the ball is released. The ball can only be thrown one place. It's an anticipation slash timing play. There ain't no adjustment to be made at this point. All pointing in the direction of... Well, we'll hear from Mahomes and, and him taking part of the blame or whatever, but this is an instance where just running hard to the spot feels like the thing for the wide receiver to do. For all of the the discussion of like, oh, the Chiefs are working on simplifying their offense, not making receivers react and adjust so much. Well, here's a spot where you run this exact route and Patrick Mahomes will put the ball in this exact place, and you do it fast, and we move the sticks. That's what it seems like to me. Again, if Mahomes probably could have put the ball in a better spot for that uh, adjustment for Sky, or, or just being a back shoulder kind of throw. Uh, but Matt Derrick also... Quoting Matt's point, we'll talk to Matt in here in a little bit. I'll ask him about this. But the discussion probably worth having is whether Mahomes should have given the ball to Pacheco on the RPO there. Uh, where Pacheco is running, he probably gets eight yards with Trey Smith in front of him. So that's another thing. Where Again, I'm not sure that's a great decision or a great throw from Mahomes in the best of times. Probably could have saved some trouble by handing the ball off there as well. And if that's not the story, right? If that's not how it always goes, when the, when the Chiefs have a... Game that ends in an unsatisfying fashion. Aren't there always like three little uh, forks in the road? And it feels like they just took the wrong one three or four times in a row. It's frustrating. 
But it is time to hear from the head coach. We'll hear what Andy Reid has to say here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. The head coach press conference is brought to you by Robert Brogdon's Olathe Buick GMC and Olathe Kia. Get a worry-free money-back guarantee on new vehicles when you buy from Brogdon. Visit BrogdonAutomotive.com. Also... Brought to you by Westlake Commercial, a division of Westlake Ace Hardware. They're your local business-to-business supply partner. Their commercial team, dedicated business-to-business website, credit terms, and convenient store locations make it easy. Visit your local Westlake Ace Hardware store or westlakehardware.com slash commercial today. We'll start from the top here with Andy Reid. Several injuries ended up coming down the line, and uh, a couple of them looked pretty serious. Here's uh, Andy Reid's opening statement and injury update. All right. Um, listen, uh, the Packers, I thought, did a great job tonight. They, they got after us. and um, So, it's a good football team. We've got to be able to start faster. And, um, and so, um, on both sides of the ball, uh, we've got to make sure we take care of that. So, whether it was the penalties on offense or whether we weren't getting off the field on the defensive side, um, those are things that cost us. And uh, we've got to learn from that and, and get better um, as we go as we go forward. As far as the injuries go, uh, Tranquil <clears throat> had a concussion. Uh, Cook, we're looking at his ankle now. Donovan Smith uh, had the stingers in the shoulder. So, anyways, with that time, Drew. So the Chiefs end up playing that game with their third string Mike linebacker, which like look, Drew Tranquil's better than a second string Mike linebacker, but Jack Cochran has not been getting any of that work and he's a third he's a, the third stringer in the in the rotation there. So they play almost this entire game with their third string Mike linebacker. They lose Brian Cook with what looks very serious. And they end up playing without Donovan Smith for the second half, although Wanya Morris played well in uh in his stead. Next year for uh, Andy Reid, a lot of penalty talk, both in terms of uh, Pacheco's and first the uh, pass interference not called against MVS. Here's Andy Reid on a, a trio of issues with penalties here. You know what, Adam? I'm uh, no, I didn't. Um, he didn't tell me. I didn't talk to him. Yeah, you can't do that. We got to be more composed, and uh, than that. And even though the guy shoved his head into the dirt, you know, I mean, you got to got to stay composed on it. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Listen, I mean, they they made plays. I mean, they're, they 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 use the clock. Uh, we they were. Um, letting it run down to that five seconds and below, and um, and they were getting first down. So um, that becomes that becomes a problem. You got to you got to get out off the off the field on on defense. You got to stay on the field uh, on offense and and not uh, not shoot ourselves. And that's my listen. That's my responsibility. I mean, for for that. So um, we've got to be we've got to be better prepared to. To take care of that that stuff right there, and uh, you do that, and then you, you you can win a game. But in this league, there's too much parity, and you come on. They're well coached. They got good players. You come out and and uh, self destruct like that in certain areas, and then you have a problem. 
Yeah. Um, they, they probably both weren't on the same page. They didn't look like so. Um, but we'll get that. We'll get that worked out. That's everything there from Andy Reid. Actually, that's the entirety of his press conference on those two clips. That last one with Sky Moore. Can you isolate that one for me, Dylan, when you get a, a chance? We, I won't belabor it too much, but just that, that last, and if it's part of the question, that's fine. The, the last question and answer there on the Mahomes pick to Sky Moore. I want to play it again, and then, Dylan, you can play this game. Everyone listening can play this game. I, I don't know what you guys talked about in the postgame with Lebo filling in last week against the Raiders. But there's a phrase in here that I'm going to be a jerk about. Because, well, I'll explain. Dylan, let me know and we can just sort of toss. It's okay if it's a little sloppy. This this show has a way of doing that sometimes. But Andy Reid said a phrase in that answer that really intrigues me. Here again is Andy Reid's last, uh, last sequence there. Asked about the Mahomes pick targeting uh, Sky Moore. Blair Kirkhoff with the question. Yeah, um, they, they probably both weren't on the same page. They didn't look like so. Um, but we'll get that we'll get that worked out. Now, I would I was hoping to find the exact game. I think it was post Eagles when Andy Reid said something along the lines of, "I'm not willing to say." They're not on the same page. Let me see if I can... I, I had a little pedantic note about it. Shooting themselves in the foot, you know, not scoring in the second half. These are all Chiefs-Eagles things. Drop snowballing. Yeah, Mahomes and, and, and receivers not being on the same page. I, I may have to slice this up in a break or, or just get it ready for the zone tomorrow. I, I, in fact, I might, I might see if I can find these clips here in a minute. We can do some surgery in the break. Because Andy Reid said, well, no, no, I'm not saying they're not on the same page. It's just just off a, just off a skosh. Just off a, a letter or two. Just off a line. They're not on the same, not on wrong pages, though. Hey, what happened on what felt like a pretty much, not quite, but, but a borderline game-ending pick of Patrick Mahomes going to the wide receiver who you said was going to have to take a big jump before training camp this year, in training camp, all over. Hey, this Sky Moore is going to take a big jump in year two. Mahomes targeted that guy. And they weren't on the same page, you say. Interesting. Because it's looked like that all damn year. This whole offense is in different books. Mahomes and Kelsey are on the same page. And opposing defenses keep ripping those pages out. I mean, it, it really has been a, it, this is nitpicking, again, in, in a day when the offense got to the red zone early on, and penalties derailed things, we wouldn't be talking about all of this this late, I suppose, if they were better in the, in the first half, it just punching it in. But man, we, we've had a lot of, a lot of line tiptoeing, a lot of hand wringing over, well, I wouldn't say they're on different pages. Sounds like it to me now. Obviously. It's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch a year of Patrick Mahomes 
um, be spent throwing footballs to Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Sky Moore, who have not in any point this year shown growth from last year or a reason to feed them more. And she Rice keeps coming off the field on third downs. I really, I don't, I don't understand where they're going. I don't understand what the plan is, what the vision is. Uh, but I do think it'll be interesting to hear from Patrick Mahomes himself. So we'll take a break here in the Sports Radio 810 WHB Post Game Show. We'll come back here from Patrick Mahomes next. First down at the 31-yard line. Do not underestimate this play, not just by Mahomes, but by MBS on the outside. He had to basically slide and somehow make sure that ball didn't get to the ground. <laughs> Mahomes just buried it between ribs three and four and it didn't move. For a brief moment, it felt like things are going in the right direction there, and that moment was a little bit of Mahomes magic that's brought to you by Champion Heating and Cooling. Keep your family warm this winter with their Champion Premium Furnace. Find your local Champion dealer at championhomecomfort.com, and don't forget to ask about their free 10-year parts and labor warranty. Always leading, never compromising, championhomecomfort.com. We'll hear from Mahomes in just a second. Dylan, do you have my Frankenstein audio clip ready to go here? This is what happens when you host enough post-game shows and uh, have enough notes and uh, have enough bad ideas about uh, how these these post-game press conferences typically go. This is a clip. First, you'll hear uh, a question to Andy Reid following the Chiefs' loss to the Eagles, and then you'll hear a little swoosh that goes into a question and answer you just heard following tonight's loss to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, here's what I think is interesting. Yeah, I, I think they were on the same page. I just we were maybe off a tick, but well, uh, you know they're on the set. They know they know the route they're running and how to run it, and Pat knows where to go with it. We just we got to do a better job of connecting on it. What did you see up with interception? Yeah, um, they they probably both weren't on the same page, and it didn't look like so. Um, but we'll get that we'll get that worked out. I, look, maybe I'm being a baby, okay? And I guess in theory, Andy Reid could say that being on the wrong page was not a problem against Philly, and was a problem against Green Bay. That could be different from one game to the other. But he gives kind of like a, I mean, they know what routes they're running. Answer to the question after Philly. Kind of in the context of, you know, at this point in the season. It it annoyed me at the time because just being able to point to miscommunications or or just not sharing the same brain that, that Kelsey and Mahomes seem to share. That's something I think you, you can point to for a while. But the really frustrating thing is that Andy Reid said after the Eagles game, no, I'm not, I'm not willing to put not on the same page out there. These guys know what's going on. They know what route they're running. 
They just got to, we've just got to get better at that. We got to clean some things up. We got to get better at that. All right. Been a couple games. Now what? What happened on this interception? Well, well, maybe Sky Moore and Patrick weren't on the same page. So either it's just Andy Reid, you know, letting a little bit of non-coach speak through today after he was able to stifle some of it against after the Eagles game. But at the very least, it's moving in the wrong direction, right? Like, if you do care what Andy Reid says at the podium, he says after the Eagles game, I'm not going to the wrong pages. That's not the problem here. And now today, it's, yeah, they weren't on the, they weren't on the same page. Again, just, just tell me what matters. Tell me what's important. And if Andy Reid is always just saying word salad at the podium all the time, maybe we shouldn't listen at all. But if you care what Andy Reid says, and when Andy Reid says something about, oh, just tick off, just got to get better, just a little more execution, all of that. Well, this is this is what he said today. What he said today is, yeah, they weren't on the same page. Um, Nate Taylor of The Athletic tweeted out a, a quote here from Sky Moore. We don't have audio of it, but um, his perspective on the interception, according to Nate. Quote, we got to a check at the line. They were in a pretty good look. He made a, a good play on the interception. The player that was over me, he was a little further back than he wanted him to. So he was able to play it over the top. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz also at some point here tweeted. Uh, he was actually replying to, uh, to Matt Derrick. Because uh, Matt tweeted about maybe Mahomes shouldn't have given the ball to Pacheco or should have given the ball to Pacheco on the RPO there, but uh, Mitch Schwartz says he changed to it, gave the wide receivers a signal. The DB said after the game he knew they were running it based on that. On first view, it felt like Pat took forever giving them the signal, and I wonder if there was a trust issue there, and having to belabor the signal helped Green Bay diagnose. That's also fascinating. When the former right tackle for Patrick Mahomes says, "Yeah, yeah, no," he checked into it, which Mahomes, which Sky Moore also said after the game. Mahomes checked into it, but Mitch Schwartz said it looked like Pat took forever in giving the receivers the signal, and he wonders if that stems from a trust issue. That sucks, and might be right, but man, it is. Absolutely brutal. Let's go ahead and start hearing from Patrick Mahomes right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. The quarterback's press conference is brought to you by Kansas City Acura Dealers. As our hometown team in red marches through another epic year, visit your Kansas City area Acura Dealers to score jaw-dropping deals on new and pre-owned Acura models. Plus, get overpaid for your trade. Shop your Kansas City area Acura Dealers. We'll start from the top here with Patrick Mahomes. Look, no turnovers, not as many penalties, uh, the drops, all of that. But, uh, excuse me, I was in the wrong section. Wait a second. It was, they turned the ball over. Did I say one turnover? Did I say no turnovers? I was looking at, I scrolled down. These, those were the, that was the uh, lead into the Raiders one. Sometimes our, even our operation here, not always clean. That's a delay of game on the host. Five-yard penalty. Replay. Midnight hour. Uh, we start from the actual top about this game from Patrick Mahomes. He gives his uh, overall thoughts on the game, kind of talks about where they are right now and uh, what the uh, what the Packers are able to do with Travis Kelsey. A lot here from Patrick Mahomes, including ending on his comments on the Sky Moore interception. Here's where Mahomes opened things up in his pressure tonight. Um, 
we did we made too many mistakes. Um, we, we made that a good, had a good game plan, had a good game. Uh, Jordan played great. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you make too many mistakes, and against a good football team, you lose. Um, I mean, obviously we're not where we want to be at, um, but uh, I mean, I feel like we're close. We're playing a lot of good football teams really well, winning some of those games, losing some of those games, and so uh, we're kind of in the, the, the go zone now where we got to try to get it going uh, through the stretch, um, and uh, all we can do is learn from this game and, and be focused on a, a, another challenge this next week uh, coming at uh, Arrowhead. Patrick, I know it's not that many plays in the fourth quarter, but yeah, I think I think I, I think when I look back at the tape, there's a couple of them I wish I would have gave them a chance. Um, I'm just kind of in the flow of the game. I, I went to other other spots and um, I didn't hit the guys on the, on the throws that I did try to make. And um, when you get to those big moments, you want to give your best guys chances to make plays. And I mean, I don't know for sure yet, but I'm sure there's a couple of them I could have went to them. Yeah, just uh, you can't make that mistake. Uh, I saw their man coverage, try to get to one of our man checks. Um, the guy went over the top. Try, I probably should have tried to back shoulder Scott. So it's just that's a mistake on my part that you can't make in that situation. So again, he talks about checking to that play. Um, I guess you could have put it on the back shoulder, but again, I mean, that's that's the question of going over the top. This, the 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 DB playing to that exact spot. I I don't know, man. If Sky Moore is going full speed to that spot, is it not a complete pass? We'll never know. Next year from Mahomes, he's uh, asked what happened with the deep miss to Marquez Valdez Scantling, uh, then the no PI call on MVS. And uh, also talks a little bit about Pacheco, but these first two questions about the MVS missed connection. Yeah, it's just um, you can't make that mistake. Uh, I saw their man coverage, try to get to one of our man checks. Um, the guy went over the top. Try, I probably should have tried to back shoulder Scott. So it's just that's a mistake on my part that you can't make in that situation. Yeah, it was. It wasn't necessarily a, a seam post. Kind of more of a over the top post. I saw the safety. Um, he obviously was trying to bend it to, away from the corner, um, and I was trying to kind of just straighten him up a little bit to try to get the throw to him. Um, but I think it, like that's one of those. I think throughout the, the game we were kind of kind of taking what was there and uh, moving the ball down the field. And I think there's I could have maybe got through the rest of the progression and got to got to another spot. Um, so it's just stuff that you have to continue to work on throughout the season. Um, I mean, it's it is what it is, man. I mean, they obviously the guy was probably a little early, but at the end of the game, they're letting guys play. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of about that. I'd rather you let the guys play, let the guys win on the field. Um, but uh, it's hard. It's hard. It's a hard job, man. So uh, it's not. We're in that situation. I can't be wanting to flag. I have to try to go out there and win the game myself and with the rest of my teammates. Good game for Isaiah overall. I love the fire from, from Pop, man. Um, that, that gets us going as an offense. Um, obviously, it got a flag in this situation, but I mean, we were already in bad situations. So, I mean, it's uh, I, I, don't, I never want to take the passion away from a guy. Um, he'll learn from it. I'm sure he won't make that mistake again. Um, but uh, that, that's the stuff that we need on this team in order to have the success that we want to have. 
There you have, again, the MVS questions and then him talking about Isaiah Pacheco, what he brings, and then also his early exit. Uh, next here from Mahomes, he asked about the, the, the offense in the fourth quarter, which is a place where the Chiefs have continued to have issues, and then also what he learned from Wanya Morris as the rookie got a lot of work tonight in the second half. Yeah, I mean, I just gotta, I gotta hit the guys whenever they're there. I mean, even the one with the pass interference, I know I was kind of falling back, but if I can get the ball out there with a not, not pass interference, if I get the ball out there, then he, he scores a touchdown in that situation. So that's what I'm saying. If you don't want flags, I mean, I gotta make the throw. Uh, if I make the throw, then the flag, you wouldn't, I wouldn't be willing to flag. So um, it's my job, and if the defense gives me an opportunity to win the game, I have to go down there and, and win it with the, with my teammates. Um, and uh, Obviously, I haven't done that enough this season, um, and so uh, i got to try to get better because uh, I'm sure we'll have another, more opportunities as the season goes on. Matt, what did you learn from Wanya Morris? You know, sort of being inserted in after halftime. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he stepped up, man. That's a good good D-line, and he did a great job. Um, Donovan battling out there, trying to do his best to be out there for his teammates. Um, I think the coaches just kind of said, hey, let's let's let it heal up, and let's let, this, let's let someone else go in there and try to take over, and um, and play uh, while you can get you, know, you can get healthy, and so uh, I'm, I'm I'm proud of him, man. It's a big spot and a big game and a great stadium. Um, and he, he stepped up, man. Um, and uh, run game, pass game, um, did a great job. Both the MVS questions earlier and then there about, you know, the offense in the fourth quarter and everything. It's just a whole lot of, I got to be better. We haven't been good enough. We got to get this figured out. It's a whole lot of that for, uh, why is Marco here? He doesn't work here anymore. That's not Marco in the hall. Is that a ghost? Um, It's a whole lot of, ah! I was here getting a cup. And I was going to tell you you had stuff in your mailbox, Marco. But I, I thought if it was still here tomorrow, it legally belonged to me now. I feel like that's the kind of cheer up that we needed. We needed to see Marco. Yes. Yeah, it is too bad that he's see through now, but it's pretty cool. He can get just phased through the walls. Like, that's neat. That made my mood a little bit better. I'm going to call security and have you removed. You do not work here anymore. Just a whole lot of Patrick Mahomes saying, you know, hey, these things that have been a problem all year, still a problem, and uh, we should fix them. Anyway, it's, let's see here, December. Dang. Also, they might win the Super Bowl still. I don't know. The NFL's a mess right now, in a fun way. Not in this moment, but in general, a fun way. Last one here from Mahomes. What should the Chiefs take from this game, and how can the offense get in rhythm? I mean, all you can't take when you lose football games is you go watch the tape, um, you try to learn from it and learn from your mistakes um, and get better. Um, that's all you can do. Um, that's win or loss. Um, obviously, we haven't dealt with a ton of losing um, here, but uh, everything's out in front of you. Uh, we're still going to win the division, um, but it's going to take us getting better and better each and every week. Um, and, uh, I mean, we're going to have a great challenge coming up in Buffalo. So uh, let's just get back to get back to football, practice, and uh, see if we can get better next week. Um, I think we just I mean we we had slow starts, but I mean, we got some penalties and negative plays in the red zone. I mean we drove right down the field and got down to the five I think the five yard line both the first two drives. Um and uh, we didn't score and I mean that's that's that was the two drives we had in the first half and so I think offensively we did we uh, we just gotta continue to get better and better. Um uh, the defense, I thought they did a great job in the second half, kind of shutting the door, giving me a chance to win the game, giving us a chance to win the game. And uh, you got to capitalize on those when you play these great games. It always comes out to the end and who can uh, make the, the best plays at the end of football games. 
There you have it, Patrick Mahomes here on Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. We'll take a timeout, come back and chat with Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. Maybe he can help us diagnose what exactly went wrong for the Chiefs. We'll talk to Matt next in the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. There it is, Mike. That's what he does, and this protection was perfect. They go three-man rush to try and protect. But watch as he steps up. These linebackers take just a little step forward, and that's it. That's the way he does it. He doesn't fool around and scramble sideways. He scrambles right at your defense, forces a reaction, takes advantage of your reaction. That play was sweet, and I wish we would have had a few more sweet things to talk about, but that one is our sweet play of the game, brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Santa Brownie Jackhammers and Sundays are back at Andy's Frozen Custard. Each Santa Brownie Jackhammer is a holiday miracle of vanilla frozen custard, chocolate brownies, and hot fudge down the mill. Now at Andy's Frozen Custard. Well, listen, I'd rather be talking about this with Matt Derrick over a cup of frozen custard or at least a little uh, little sweet treat from Andy's. But we will continue to talk with Matt here about the Chiefs falling to the Green Bay Packers 27-19, to a game that had many ups and downs. We'll break it down now with uh, Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com and the 41 is the Mike podcast with Nick Jacobs. Matt Derrick on the postgame show is brought to you by Cap One Lending. The freedom loan at Cap One Lending is the exclusive loan that helps you pay your home off in less than half the time and gives you access to your home's equity without having to refinance. Go to CapOneLending.com. Matt, are there any NFL teams that may want to lend a wide receiver to the Chiefs? And at this point, would it even help? Uh, probably wouldn't help, but I doubt there's anybody who wants to, to lend them one. But, uh, yeah, it's – I don't know what to say, Josh. I don't either. And that's a, this is my little dichotomy of, of this game, where there were some new little twists that were pretty crummy and not a lot of fun. The, the defense had some worse stretches than they've had other times this year. But a whole lot of this feels really, really familiar to me. So, so what did you learn from this game, if anything? Um, I, I, I think we learned a couple of things. None of them really good. Uh-huh. Um, I think, one, we learned that there are some, some holes in this Chiefs defense. That the teams can attack, and I, I, I do fear that maybe the Packers put some things on film that other teams can can utilize down the stretch, and maybe figure out how to move the ball on the, on the Chiefs' defense. Because let's face it, I mean the Packers' offense isn't that good. I mean mm-hmm. they're very average offensively, and the Chiefs made them look pretty darn good tonight. And give the Packers some credit; they they had a great game plan that they executed very well. But I think there's some things as far as, you know, stretching out this defense from side to side a little bit and getting rid of the ball quickly and really just, you know, staying away from Legarius Steed and Trent McGuffey, yeah. which I think teams should have known by now. But uh, there were there were some pockets elsewhere. And maybe some of this gets solved with, with Nick Bolton coming back and, you know, if and when Drew Tranquil gets back as well. But I, I don't think you could blame this all on – Losing Drew Tranquil. I think there was a lot of little leaks that that showed up for tonight for the Chiefs. 
And, I mean, we, we don't know the extent still, but it, it seems more likely than not that, that we're not going to see Brian Cook again just based off of the, the reaction. I have not seen the replay of that. They didn't show it on on the broadcast. I didn't see it pop up on Twitter, and I haven't sought it out. But it seems like that is really bad news. Uh, Shamari Connor has, has been kind of fun in the, the limited sample size we've seen. But it, staying on the defense here before we get to what I think is more frustrating. I mean, it, it sounds like you do have at least some concern that this is going to be stuff, like you said, that, that other teams and honestly better offenses will be able to, to pick at as, as time goes on. Were there mistakes made or is it just a matter of like, oh, OK, yeah, like you said, again, that don't don't throw to, to McDuffie and Snead and then figure out who else wants to try to make a play. Is it just is that? Standard adjustments the rest of the league's going to be able to make, or are you concerned that there is a, 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 a schematic thing that was exposed today? Well, what the Packers, I thought, did a really good job of, and what I haven't seen teams I didn't feel like do to this extent, was liter- was really just attack the Chiefs horizontally this much. Um, you know, they, they used, like, Christian Watson in motion and had some really success with him running the football a couple of times. Um, they were trying to stretch out the Chiefs' defense. And, and that worked really well. They got them looking outside, and then once they looked outside, then they kind of pounded them inside a little bit. And, you know, hey, and some of the leaks in the run game, maybe you can attribute that to not having your two best middle linebackers. Mm-hmm. You know, no offense, no, no, no knock on Jack Cochran, but, you know, yeah, I mean, those two guys are who they are for a reason, and maybe you can attribute a little bit of it to that. But the the success that the Packers had in the passing game, just as far as, the efficiency that Jordan Love had and being able to find open receivers. I mean, like I said, I mean, teams for the most part have been thrown away from Trent McDuffie and teams have been, you know, luxurious things been shutting down guys. But the way that the, the Packers, I think, felt like they attacked everybody else because that was the, that was the goal. I mean, it was pretty clear. Jordan Love was just simply looking for, you know, matchups on linebackers and safety and they hit him yeah. and, so that that to me is the concern is that you know some teams are going to take a look at some of the throws that, that Love made, especially as far as just how quickly they got the ball out. That was the other part of it is that you know if you get the ball out quickly and don't let the Chiefs pass rush get anything done, then that that's a problem. I mean, you can't if you can take the Chiefs pass rush out of the equation, you're going to have some success, and that's what the Packers did tonight. What about on the offensive side? Did we learn anything? Was there anything new from the offense, or can we re-rack the usual talking points? Uh, probably re-rack a lot of the usual talking points. I mean, obviously there was a lot to like when Isaiah Pacheco was running the football. Um, really liked the fact that the Chiefs in some third and short yard situations just said, hey, Isaiah, here's, here's the ball, and here's your three guys in the middle run behind them. Um, that was all good. I once again, you know, getting the ball out to Rasheed Rice in space, good idea, all good. But then, you know, what we saw last week with the you know, the Chiefs really concentrating on getting rid of the ball quickly, um, getting it to some space, and not you know worrying about the downfield throws, they kind of went back to their own ways again. And what happens when that happens is that Mahomes ends up holding onto the football too long. And when he does that, penalties pop in. And when he does that, he looks downfield. And there's nobody on this team right now that can catch a downfield pass. So uh, it's you know kind of what we've been talking about. I mean, 
bad things happen right now the longer that Patrick Mahomes holds on to the football. And I'm not putting that all on Mahomes. I don't think it is all on him. I think the offensive problems, there's a lot of blame to go around. But have we seen a, a permanent fix? No, we haven't. I want to play you a little Frankenstein audio clip that I put together during a break a, a little bit ago. Um, it is a, a question and answer f- to and from Andy Reid after the Eagles loss and a question and answer about the Sky Moore, Patrick Mahomes missed connection that ended in the pick today. Um, I'm being pedantic, and I understand that I also might just be being a big baby about it, but I, I heard it live as we were playing it back today, and I want to ask you how big of a baby you think I'm being. So so here's a clip again. Before the swoosh is Chiefs-Eagles. After the swoosh is following tonight's loss. And you had a, the, the number of drops that you referred to, but also it's like the number of players that you were just weren't quite on the same page. Are you surprised this late in the season has provided? Yeah, I, I think they're on the same page. I just, we were maybe off a tick, but we'll, uh, you know, they're on the set. They know they know the route they're running and how to run it, and that knows where to go with it. We just we got to do a better job of connecting on it. Yeah, um, they they probably both weren't on the same page. They didn't look like so, um, but we'll get that we'll get that worked out. So again. I understand that I'm being pedantic. I'm doing it, I think, in part because Andy Reid chose to also be pedantic in that first answer. Well, look, I mean, same page, same book, different chapter, different line. What what, what, what uh, soliloquy are we in right now? But Andy Reid in the Eagles game after the bye gets the question, hey, man, it seems like these receivers still really aren't on the same page. And then today he's asked about Mahomes targeting Sky Moore there. And he goes, yeah, I'm just not sure they're on the same page. So shortly after prickling at the idea what what is true, and, and when should we listen to Andy Reid in a post game press conference, or, or when it when is it just all different levels of filtering on coach speak? Should we just should we just skip the Andy Reid post game presser from here on? No, I mean I think if you run it through the the Andy Reid filter, you can sometimes glean something, mm-hmm. and I glean a little bit of it from tonight because you know there's a difference between saying they're off a tick versus not being on the same page. And with Andy Reid saying that they're not on the same page, that's actually, to me, a pretty glaring omission because he usually really protects his players for the most part. I mean, it's very Andy Reid-esque to say in that standpoint. And and the answer that I would typically expect would be one of two things. Either what we got after Philadelphia was like just off the tick. Get this fixed, everything's fine. Or... No, that's on me. I didn't put those guys in the position to make a play. Those are two Andy Reid standard answers. The fact that he went to the these, you know, they weren't on the same page. That's pretty telling to me. I mean, that's the that's to me the the word of a man who is probably just as tired as Chiefs fans are of seeing what his offense is doing right now and some of the mistakes because these are definitely not mistakes that Andy Reid expects his offense to be making in Week 13. And that's, I would rather that be the truth there, right? Like that Andy Reid is looking around like frustrated and a bit baffled that a lot of the guys they've relied on have not taken those steps. But now, as a follow-up to that, is is there any lever left to pull? Is there anything to be done for the last few weeks of the regular season? Is there any reason you would believe that this team's going to look different in January than they've looked to start December? I mean, you know, we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, and I'm. And I'm we have still, this conversation every week. <laughs> <laughs> we 
Well, this specific topic that I'm about yes. to go into. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry for shouting. No, that is fine. I mean, I'm glad you did it. I mean, you feel something, Josh. We, we need that. <laughs> we need that from you right now. But this team just increasingly makes me feel like 2021. Yeah. And that was, as we know, ultimately a flawed team. I mean, go 12-5 and five and... You know, you have to make the AFC Championship game, but eventually don't make the Super Bowl because they had some flaws that they couldn't overcome. And there's a lot of similarities. I mean, there was a stretch where they, what, lost four of six. Right now they've lost three of five. Mm. Um, you know, Mahomes had a couple of his worst games of his career in that stretch in 2021. He's had a couple of his worst games of his career right now again. Um, to me, it's very similar. And why is it? It's because, you know, there, I think there was some stubbornness in the way that the Chiefs were trying to counter what defenses were doing at them. I mean, remember, everybody was just copying the, the Tampa Bay defense from the Super Bowl. Yeah. And there was some stubbornness from the Chiefs. And then what happens in 22? I mean, they got rid of the stubbornness, and they executed extremely well. Well, now, you know, teams have tweaked again what they're doing defensively to the Chiefs. And I, I, I just see some stubbornness. And, you know, and the Sky Moore play was probably another good example because you, you take Keyshawn Nixon's word for it, and I have no reason because his story seems to match what we saw. Yep. But he said that he saw the Chiefs, you know, checking into that play. He saw Mahomes, you know, with a mannerism. He tapped his knee, and he's like, I, I knew what was they were going to do before they ran it. And he, he ran that route better than Sky Moore did. So I, I got to take him for granted that he he absolutely knew it, and that means that obviously one, the Chiefs have some tells that they need to work on, but two, you know that was an RPO, and that's the thing to me that I, I keep looking at that play, and I've been looking at the debate and the argument about the throw and everything about it. Uh, I go back to you know what Mahomes hands that ball to Isaiah Pacheco, and he runs it behind Trey Smith, probably gets seven yards only because of the way that Pacheco was running tonight. It probably yeah. shouldn't have gotten that many yards, but I, I have that much faith in the way that, that, that Isaiah was running tonight that that wouldn't have been a problem. But that's where the Chiefs get into a lot of trouble. I mean, and it's great that you've got a quarterback who wants to throw the football and is so freaking good at it. But you know what? Every once in a while, when your guy is, is cooking, you just got to let him cook. And when when that is the thing also that, that should be for at least you, the quarterback, the easiest way to keep things going. Like just when you have a running back with with so much, um, let's just say punch you in the mouth energy that maybe you need to let him keep running the football so he doesn't do it literally. Uh, go go ahead and let that guy break a defense seven yards at a time. And and again, to, we we read I, I read your tweet and Mitchell Schwartz's reply and Matt Lane's tweet. I kind of went through a bunch of that sequence earlier, but I don't think I mentioned um, what the the D back said um, that, that from the the tapping of the knee to seeing the call to adjusting and everything that you just referred to. People can see the clip of that online as well. But it it's so frustrating. Especially if there's anything to what Mitch Schwartz said, where belaboring the call so much could have been a reflection of some trust issues there. It's like, man, we're, we're just we're, we're too late in the game for that to be the case. And also, I just saw this pop up from uh, Brett Coleman a little bit ago. The Chiefs' remaining strength of schedule the rest of the way is 390 for for the yeah. the, the opponent's winning percentage. I ask, I, I say that to ask you this, and then we'll let you go, and we can all get a little closer to getting some sleep. 
What's your what is your vision of how the rest of this season goes for the Chiefs as of right now? Where does this season end in terms of of venue, um, in terms of uh, winning or losing, in terms of what kind of trophy they are or aren't holding? Like if you had to right now place your bets in the the wee morning hours of December fourth, how do you think the Chiefs season ends? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, they, I, I, I mean they are still a great position in the AFC. Because you know, I mean, of their four losses, three of them are against the NFC. They're yep. still six and one in the AFC, and so from a tiebreaker standpoint, they still control all the tiebreakers. And you mentioned how you know how bad their their opposition record is, strength of schedule is the rest of the way. And the Ravens and the Dolphins play. The Ravens also play, I think, Jacksonville and what the Forty ers the Dolphins play the Cowboys. Uh, the Jaguars have a tough schedule. I mean, I can't see any. I mean, one, we know the Dolphins and the Ravens, one of them will get a loss. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think all of them will take at least one loss, if not two. So I think conceivably the Chiefs could stumble again and be okay. But, I mean, I'm pretty comfortable that 13-4 and four gets the number one seed in the AFC. And if that's the case and the Chiefs get to 13-4, and four, they will be the number one seed in the AFC because they control all the tiebreakers. So now, but what does that mean? I mean, I, I think that this uh, this season, the ceiling is still the Super Bowl. I mean, this team, when it plays its best, is still good enough to win a Super Bowl, and it's got the talent to do that. I mean, even though I mean, you got Patrick Mahomes, you know you're going to be in that position. But they've got to be better than they have been in almost every single game this year. I mean, I can probably only say that there's two games. This year that they've they've turned in, where I could say, okay, those are performances that are going to win in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, other than that, I mean, the, this performance tonight obviously wouldn't win in January or February. Uh, they've had some games that they've won that I don't think would be winning performances in January. So, uh, I mean, I think it's still a, a long range of outcomes. I mean, they're going to make the playoffs. We know that, but. I could see a first round exit, and I could see them winning the Super Bowl. I could too. I'm really. I was hoping you'd give me a really definitive answer so I could at least hang my hat on something. But I think that this this team being pretty much unknowable feels about right. Uh, what can people expect on ChiefsDigest.com? And I believe since the primetime game, probably have not yet heard the wrath of Nick Jacobs across from you in uh, 41 is the mic. So where where what can people expect from uh, from both of those coming soon to Chiefs Digest and again to the uh, to the podcast feeds? Yeah, that's the great thing, you know. Uh, I mean, it's the it's the bad thing because Nick and I are usually so busy after the game, and he has a post game show on forty one tonight. So uh, we will end up recording probably tomorrow morning, I'm guessing. Which means that by that point, we've we've both had time to digest it a little more, and, and our takes will probably be completely rational. <laughs> um, although, you know, you can always count on Nick for a good rant, and I know he is going to have a good rant about this one. Um, anytime there's a Chiefs loss, Nick's rant is absolutely must listen to podcasting. Um, but yeah, I will get into the uh, absolute comedy of the officials, the explaining the uh, calls in the fourth quarter. We'll break down the injuries and uh, look at a few other things about just the, the Chiefs and where they can go forward. Matt, I appreciate it as always. Uh, I hope you do get a, a, at least enough sleep to be ready for uh, a Nick rant tomorrow. And uh, we will talk to you on Friday here in the zone, if not sooner. Nick's rants are like smelling salts. So if, <laughs> if I, even if I'm out of it, once once Nick goes on, I, I'm 
fully awake after that. I think the uh, the post game show as soon as we hang up with you is like chamomile tea. So um, <laughs> Dylan has asked, could you could you bring some of those for us? <laughs> um, if we uh, <laughs> I spe- like, here's here's the silver lining for us. It's the last primetime game of the regular season. So we will, we right. will theoretically from here on only talk following a Chiefs game on the same day they technically played the game. That is just magical, isn't it? It's uh, it's nice to have something to look forward to. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Take care, Josh. Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest and uh, the 41 is the Mike podcast. And uh, he's brought to you by Cap One Lending. Um, he mentioned the referee statements. I'm going to read them to you now. Then we'll take a break. We will come back. We will reconvene. I'm just going to read you these statements, okay? Um, question from the pool reporter. On the first and 10 deep ball a few plays later, it looked like the Packers player was kind of draped over the Chiefs receiver and there was no call. What did you see there? Quote, As you may know, on every play where there may or may not be pass interference, either offensive or defensive, the covering official has to rule whether contact materially restricts the receiver. And in this case, the covering officials were in good position and ruled that there was no material restriction that rose to the level of defensive pass interference. Follow-up question. Was there a determining factor if the ball wasn't catchable? Did that have anything to do with why there wasn't a call there? Quote, I'm not aware that catchability was involved. The covering official simply did not feel that there was the level of contact that rose to a material restriction for defensive pass interference. You know what I'm going to do? And I hope our friends at Greenlight Dispensary appreciate where I'm coming from. I'm going to give the referees the green light. Now, usually this is an honor. Usually this is something they do to highlight excellent performances from someone on the Chiefs, but I really was having a hard time deciding who that would be today because the defense had their issues, the offense is, you know, built of issues. And so I didn't feel like there was a definitive player who needed to get the green light today. So I'm going to give this refereeing crew the green light just because I think they could really use a long weekend and maybe a few days just with the chance to kind of reset, to, to maybe kind of reground themselves spiritually. Just just to sit in the basement and, I don't know, just pl- go play some Madden for several days at a time. What Go outside, appreciate nature. What No matter what it is that you feel like is a good way for you to maybe recenter yourself after a trip to Greenlight Dispensary, that's what I would like the refereeing crew to do. So in that way, I am giving them the green light, brought to you by Greenlight Dispensary. Greenlight Dispensary has outstanding customer service, superior product, and is continuously voted Missouri's best. Open from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. seven days a week. Find a location near you today at greenlightdispensary.com. If I believe they could improve the refereeing, I think it can approve just about anything. There's an endorsement for you. We'll take a break. We'll come back and uh, talk a little more about what the Chiefs did to fall short of the Green Bay Packers, losing tonight in prime time, 27-19. to Three receivers left, single man right, Mahomes in the gun, Edwards Elaire to his left. Here's the snap, back to pass, throws left side, wide open, Noah Gray, touchdown Kansas City. Noah Gray just inside the end zone, maybe two yards deep. 
made that catch, went down to his backside, and the two-yard touchdown pass from Patrick Mahomes has pulled the Chiefs back within three. 21-18 Green Bay early in the fourth. The Chiefs using Travis Kelsey as a decoy, pulling defenders away from the middle of the field where Mahomes went with the football to Gray. And Mahomes has said of Gray, I need to find him more, especially in the red zone. Mission accomplished on that Patrick Mahomes' touchdown today. You hear they're going to Noah Gray. That's your play of the game brought to you by Central Bank of the Midwest. At Central Bank of the Midwest, every customer is a first-round draft pick. Central Bank of the Midwest, strong roots, endless possibilities. Member FDIC. Not enough, though, as the Chiefs fall short to the Green Bay Packers. 19 points from the Chiefs, not even breaking 20. And the Packers setting a new high watermark against the Chiefs defense this year, putting up 27 points in the win for Green Bay. And I want to take a second to look at a couple of the bigger picture things that we just got to with Matt Derrick that I think may provide some perspective, both in good ways and not so good. Baltimore from here gets the feisty Rams. They go to Jacksonville, to San Francisco. Then they host the Dolphins and Steelers to end the year. The Jaguars on Monday Night Football, tomorrow night, right? They get a Bengals team that's obviously a far lesser version before they go to Cleveland. They have that game against the Ravens. Then at Tampa versus the Panthers and at the Titans. The Chiefs have the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Jags and would have the AFC tiebreaker over the Ravens. The Chiefs, meanwhile, have to deal with the Bills in Kansas City, still with their star quarterback, maybe not in as bad a position as the Bengals. And then they finish the year out with the Patriots, Raiders, Bengals, and Chargers, four teams they should certainly beat. The Chiefs should, at this point, perhaps even be the odds-on favorite to have the one seed in the AFC, which would make them the odds-on favorite to host the AFC Championship game in Kansas City once again. However, that fact does not truly separate them from the pack anymore. No pun intended tonight. The Chiefs belong right there with the pack. Pun accepted. Because they are a very good football team. They're a very good, flawed football team that now has bigger injury questions than they had entering tonight's showdown. That, to me, puts them right there with a lot of the class of the AFC. Flawed teams with questions and high ceilings. The Chiefs could win the Super Bowl. They could also be exiting early in the month of January. We'll talk about it a whole lot more tomorrow in the zone. Until then, bye, Mom!